Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Talking about Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talking about it often. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Do a big. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for sharing everything that you guys have been doing. Continue to go to iTunes and share us. If you're here on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, hook us up with that, and uh, we'll continue to roll on as we have been throughout the entire offseason and continue to touch on free agency, the NFL draft, everything involved with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, tonight, we got our friend Zach Hicks back on the line with us, and we've also got a special guest, Colts safety, George Odom. Zach, George, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Oh, yeah, definitely. What you got going on over there, George? Uh, None right now. I know I'm going to go work out around the eye, so – yeah. I have all this ball of energy right now up, up inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> so coming into the NFL as an undrafted guy, I mean, what is that experience like? Oh, it's mind-blowing. It's thrilling. Um, I say one thing from college to the NFL, it's, it's faster. It's way faster. Practice is crazy. It's so fast. Here and there, here and there. It's outrageous but yeah and then um you know my, my biggest question though is uh the undrafted process you know like uh you, you had a great college career you were conference player of the year uh you go undrafted which is uh, you know definitely uh, disappointing uh but what was the process like afterwards were you getting like uh calls from a bunch of teams there was it just the colts like how, how did you end up with the colts after being undrafted so i came on a 30 visit with the colts before the draft and then um a lot of teams are hitting me up because my after pro day because my teammate ran a four three three Trace Smith. He played for the Kansas City, and it's like he started telling teams about me, and then teams go and look, and then they start calling me on Facetime. And a lot of teams, head coaches, texted me that oh man, it's crazy. Then when the draft rolled around, I see my teammate go fifth fifth round to Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm like oh man, and then my uh, my agent called me. He's like, hey, I'm on the phone with the coach right now. They tell me I don't want to get off the line, get off the line right now. And then I start getting a phone call from Cincinnati, Atlanta, all the other teams. Out of nowhere, just like I ain't even heard from the team. Now they just calling, asking me to do a free agent deal with them. And then, but I felt most comfortable coming to the coach because I was looking like, okay, well they got a first rounder, they had Clay Gathers, they had. Farley, they had I was like, okay, they don't have that many safeties. So I was like, well, I think I can 
I think I can make this team. And you definitely did. You, not only you did you make the team, but you made an impact. And that, that's, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about as, to, as well. Beginning of the season, there's some, there, there's other guys in, involved in this safety mix, you know, battling for the uh, battling for the roster. You see some guys leave. You see some guys move. You see some other guys get hurt. You stay one of those guys that stayed through. Uh, I was at training camp and watched you through there, and you continue to be a face. You continue to be a face in uh, in on special teams, and, and even in the first couple groups, you were heavier in the rotation. Getting into a mix like that in a, at an NFL camp and knowing that you've got a legit chance to make this roster, going from that to actually being on the roster and contributing throughout the season, man, that has to be uh, fascinating, has to be an unreal feeling. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then my coach, Allen, he was on me the most about, out of everybody. I'm talking about out of the whole team. He was on me every day. <laughs> if I make if I make a little mistake, he was yelling at me, George, da, da, da. I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm doing everything wrong. But at the end of the day, we went back and watched this film from when I first got there to in rookie minicamp to you can do it halfway through the season. You can see it dramatically change because I was an outside linebacker in college. Mm. So it's like my steps and everything else got better. Like I could break on the ball. I can really break. I can really backpedal when I first got there. I could backpedal, but not like great. And, you know, working every day, I remember in camp, Man, I remember one time I had to, uh, had to call my old lady and was like, hey, look, I'm going through these things. Da, da, da. Did she see me at first? She was like, well, God's not going to put you in a place where he know you can't succeed. So mm-hmm. it's like after that moment, it's like, okay, I got to step my game up. Like Then my coach telling me, hey, man, you last at the list. I, that's when I really started my mind started going wrong. So you last at the list. You got to make plays. <laughs> Then the next day, I came up with two picks mm-hmm. and I punched the ball out. I was like, okay. I said, I got you, coach. From now on, I got you. And I know that and we then, started talking about it then, and that was when we started noticing you in there as well. So, I mean, it was yeah. definitely uh, a position where we're in camp. We're talking about you. Some people don't know you yet, and a lot of us are uh, – I know that at Stampede Blue, we talked about him, about you quite a bit, George. And so Certainly. it was fun and interesting to see you start making plays. That's always one of our things anyways. When you see a guy that comes in undrafted and you see that he's got the skill set and it's interesting, not only that, but how much of your body style or body sh- – uh, I mean composition did you have to change going from where you played like uh, linebacker at times in college to playing a safety? Was, was there a full body composition change with that? So – and college, actually, I weigh a lot less. Really? So I, I was like a rover type. So we call it yeah. a rover. But it's technically an outside linebacker kind of. Right. But in the NFL, it's called a nickel. But in the NFL, it's more pass than run. But in college, it was more run than pass. Okay. So I played heavy in the run, slightly in the pass. So it's like I was fast. I got to the ball fast. I was just side to side shuffling. But when I got to the league, it's like, I had to worry about like really my 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 traps because I'm coming from further away and they got more head of steam. So I had to really build on my shoulders really to sustain that because I had um, my last game of my senior year I had tore partially torn my shoulder. So it's like I had to work dramatically on that hmm. alone. So, so I gained from college, I was like probably barely one ninety. Wow, and now and now I'm over two hundred. So, 
how much how much work did you have to put into that to to get your weight up? Five hours a day of working out. Man, that's insane. Like, yes, I know. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Every moment I hated five hours a day because my body is different from everybody. So it's like five hours a day working out and like three hours of eating. Oh so it's God. like. So what's your calorie man. count then uh, in the off season? Oh, I, I mean, right now I'm working out about two hours a day. So it's like. It, <laughs> I just, I just be eating. <laughs> I just be eating. Hey, we're doing the same thing. We're, yeah. we're just eating, but right. we're just not doing the workout. Part. <laughs> That's right. We're oh, working yeah. out two hours a day. We're definitely eating though. Oh, I mean, I'm eating more than two hours a day for sure. <laughs> so I just came from training right in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And so before I went to training, I was actually working out from five. No, I went up to around six thirty. So I start hooping. I start playing basketball from like six thirty to about eight, and I come and eat. And then at nine o'clock, I go work. Actually, work out. Like I start to work out like at nine thirty, because my friend get off work and all the other stuff. So we get in the weight room. We start working out at nine thirty. We should be getting done like at eleven. So from six thirty to eleven, I'm I'm really rolling. Hmm. That's crazy. So, I had to get used. To, I had to get back used to the that field, though. So let's talk about a little bit about making this roster as an undrafted free agent. Not only did you make the roster, but like I said, you had some turnover there at the safety position. But really, working for Chris Bauer, Matt Eberflus, I mean, all of this entangled. Uh, obviously, Coach Reich as well. But di- how much did that, in in your mind, validate your work ethic? that they believed in you to come in there and be that rotational guy and ended up getting a ton of work this season. Oh man, that's just say the amount of work that everybody in that building put in, it's crazy. Like the coaches be there after we leave and like the coaches be there before we get there. And I know I get there like it. 5.36. I started getting there at like 5.36 in the morning and leaving. I get there before the sun rises. I get I leave after the sun sets. Mm. And they be there all day. And so it's like, with us having to put all that time in, I mean, you got you to gotta have respect for the person. So it's like me putting all that time and effort in. I only missed two days of practice out of the whole time I've been there. That's insane. And Yeah. And everybody else, I mean – I've never seen nobody not miss that many days for <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when you first came into the the you know, the team this year after making the roster out of preseason, you were mostly a special teams guy. Uh did you play a lot of special teams in college to prepare you for that or was it like a new role for you? No, nah, uh that's the only why I came really, because uh special teams in college was crazy. I had ninety one tackles on special teams in college. Mm. So yeah, I was just out there. I remember one game <laughs> We was on this team. We had like seventy points, but we kicked the ball off like eleven times. So I made nine out of eleven tackles. <laughs> so like, like I'm running, I'm running full speed. I don't care if it's the last play. I'm running full speed. I mean, that's why I enjoy. I enjoy special teams. I really enjoy just being on the field, being a dominating player. That's my mentality. Right. Every play, every play, somebody got to get it. Who was your biggest? Uh, who who made the biggest impact on you in terms of a player? player relationship this year in the locker room um mm-hmm. 
or on the field, you know, well, in terms of uh, say, trying to maybe help you. I said the person that really helped me get through everything is David Thor DT. Really? Like DT is probably the best guy out there to come to for anybody. Like he's the number one guy. I recommend him for anything. If I know, if I need some, I can always call him DT. He's always there, no matter what's going on. Any day, any time, I rain, sleet, or snow, I call him DT. But the player, I say, that helped me out, that built my confidence up, it was, it was kind of two players, Corey Moore and uh, Mike Mitchell. Mm. So Corey, he came in. He came in before Mike, and he was like, hey, man, uh, you know, you got all this potential, man. Yeah, go out there and show them every day. Like you gotta have money. You got so they. My coach always say you gotta have equity in the bank to be able to start. You know what I'm saying? You're mm-hmm. not gonna have. You're not gonna be able to start without no equity. Like they're not gonna throw you out there. Like well, let's see if he can try. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, he was telling me that he was boosting my head up, but then when Mike Mitchell came in, he was te- he told the coach like, "Hey, he's good enough. I trust him." And that's one key thing we we talked about this year: trust, toughness, and team. Like. And since Mike came in, Mike Mitchell is like everything changed when Mike came in. He really he improved the whole defense. He told he taught people how to study film, how to watch film, what to look for, at the, shoot at the numbers, at the thirty yard line, everything. That man is a genius. Is that and, uh, this is something I wanted to know honestly from a player uh, player player point uh, perspective? So when you get a guy who comes in there and that who can kind of are in, in that kind of a situation, a veteran leadership guy. How much does that kind of cleared up turn Japanese into English in terms of somebody actually like find, giving you that little extra way to study and maybe basically study e- or study smarter, not harder? I mean, is there is it is it just kind of like that you know that that light comes on when a certain person comes in there and can drop it to you like that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like. Don't you don't listen to everybody's opinion, but I felt like that man was probably smarter than the coaches. Mm. So it's like when he, when we break down, break it all down, it's like, oh, everybody made mistakes. Like he made a few mistakes, I made a few mistakes. But he told me this just limit your amount of mistakes to bare minimum and forget the forget the last play that you already messed up on. And it's like, man. That man is just a genius. Like, I don't know. It's it was something about him that when he came in locker in the presence of him, like everybody knew. Like, okay, I got respect for this man. How much on the back end did you got? How much confidence on the back end of that defense this year? You guys were among the league's best in terms of not allowing big plays downfield. That was obviously a focus within this scheme, you know, the scheme change this year. How how much of the confidence when you guys were looking at your numbers, you guys are going into film sessions with your coaches every single day, every week after practices, looking at what you're doing, looking at your rotations on the back end. How much did that validate what you guys were doing and find the chemistry being able to improve throughout the season? So, you know, we, we started off one and five. Right. And then – we had a players only meeting, like so no coaches in there, just players like like Andrew talk, Jabal Shear talk, and like all the older people talk they've been in the league before. And like we got talent in the room to win games, stuff like that. And then from there it's like we started watching more film. 
like actually like breaking it down to like okay this there's something you got this you got this gap right here i got this gap right here you got this gap right here and he gonna he got responsibility so you got to spill when he does that or you got to scrape when he does this so we all broke it down one by one and then we just really had to, we got to trust each other then we we basically said do your job and nobody else's job and when you do your job I mean, it's unstoppable. Yeah, and I felt like when I was in the game, I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run through you. I'm not, I'm not slowing down. Yeah, and was that like the big change from the one and five start? You know, going towards the rest of the season, that you guys all kind of accepted your own roles, uh, figured out what everyone, what you all had to do individually to really perform well as a team. Was that the big change that players only meeting and really getting to the root of the problem? Yeah, I, I basically feel like that really helped us like breaking it all down to where it's like, okay, we're going to start off simple, fast. Really it's all about speed, speed, speed. That's the number one thing we talk about speed, getting to the ball, no turn down hits. Like basically like our principles, like speed on it three times, run to the ball. You got to run to the ball. Like that's my pride and butter right there. I'm running straight to the ball craft is you see, I got two flat. I don't care if it's almost dead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the pile. <laughs> the way I always put it, I always put it when I watch like a draft prospect is like, you know, they can hit the guys over the middle. I'll pay their fines. It's fine. Just kill the guys over the middle for me. Make the quarterback and the receiver scared of catching the ball over the middle. Oh no! Nah. If 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 you catching the ball coming towards me, like you finna you finna catch a thing, <laughs> something to happen. It seems like a car wreck in there. <laughs> I ain't, slow, I ain't slowing down. Oh, we you saw it. Fly. We saw it. Right. We saw it a couple times. <laughs> there was so much of an emphasis on speed this year. I know that you weren't with the team the previous season, but how much did you hear from the guys who were on the within the other scheme? How much did you see or how much did you hear from them at how much of a different look this team had with the massive inc increase in speed among the defensive side of the ball? You know what's crazy? Nobody talked about last year at all. No. I've never heard not one word about last year. Hmm. Not, not even one. I don't even know who the, the old coaches were last year. <laughs> I don't. I promise you, I don't. That's like, good. That shows you that your we, team completely moved forward. And the thing about it is, it's like every week, like, I, it's like my memory erases from the team that I just played, and it's all a clean slate for the next team that's coming up. And that's that's all we thought about. Like literally, that's all we did. Like I remember one time I asked somebody, hey, who we played last week? They they didn't remember. <laughs> they just like, we're gonna play this team this week, and that's all they're worried about. That's all at the would end of the day, that's all we worried about. <laughs> would you say that's a lot of uh, you know, Coach Reich's uh, mentality? Because I know you guys started that the one and no mentality around halfway through the year after the losing streak. Uh, the one and no mentality that you know, next game just win that next game, go one and know the rest of the year. You think uh, a lot of that? You broke up uh, a little, Zach. Say that again, Zach. You broke up, buddy. Uh, you hear me? Nope. Re repeat it. I you broke you, up. I a you bit. Sorry. Yeah, my fault. Uh, I was gonna say that you think a lot of. Um, you know, Coach Reich had an effect on that, you know, with his uh, one and no mentality, uh, you know, win the next game. Don't worry about the last one. Don't worry about one after that. Just to go one and no the rest of the year. You think a lot of that 
uh, mentality that he kind of instilled in the team was was a big reason why you would forget, you know, the games before or the the year before. You think a lot of that was the big reason? Yeah, I think that's that really helped us. I feel like because you know some people like to want to like, oh man, I had a bad game last week. I had a bad game last week because you know that's our that's our this our career, right? Our career. Yeah. Like you can have one bad game and get cut the next week, like Monday, starting next week. So some people, some people dwell on the past, but for me in college, that's all we talked about. Literally, with Coach Campbell, he's in South Alabama now, but that's all he talked about. Like next game, don't worry about the last snap, moving forward. And so it's like when he introduced that, like, oh dang, this this seemed very familiar to me. Like, okay, next game. I'm not ever worried about the last snap I played. And it's like I gave up a touchdown, like somebody mossed on me or something like that. I like, dang. <laughs> I, get, I get to the sideline. I don't even remember it happened. I just next play. Until after the game, then people are like, oh, man, what happened? Da, da, da. I'm not going to ever think about that. During the game, it's always the next play because I can always improve from one play to the next play. Okay, well, that beat me. Again, to the beat me to the flat. He caught the out route. Well, next time. I know what formation they're doing, so now he can't beat me. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Do you feel like you're you're throughout this system? Do you feel like okay? Let me and we're gonna get into scheme just real briefly here. Uh, with within the basic Tampa two, however you want to call it, you know, I mean, there's a lot of diversity that you guys bring to that scheme. In general, do you feel that this scheme best fits your style of play? Well. They say picks get money, like bring you money in the long run. But at the end of the day, 
you can't be selfish. Like that's right. one thing my college coach preached about it. Like and the players mean we preach about it. you can't be selfish. Like cause selfish is not gonna get you nowhere. Like mm-hmm. you just gotta be a ball player. Like where wherever you fit in, that's where you're gonna play. Like Clayton Gaddis, he played free, strong. He played like in the box. he played like yeah. in a box. So it's like whoever gonna whoever best fit gonna play mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of interceptions, though, I mean, you did get your first career interception this year against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, just how how was like what was that experience like? You know, do you do you still have the ball? Uh, so no, they uh, he's got it right now up in Indy. He's he's doing like a little custom little thing on it. Okay. But at the same time, so the series before that, I sprayed my MCL to the second degree. It was partially torn, mm. so <laughs> it felt like it was coming in and out like that. So I came to the sideline and told my special coach, I can't go on Gunner because, like, our off- we just got out. Our offense went out, and then they needed three and out, so they punched the ball down. But I was the last person. I'm like, oh, man, I got to go back out there. I got to go back out there. So I went back out there. They threw a little, threw a little ball to the out route, whatever, and I tapped it to the sideline. like, oh, my God, my knee felt like it was out of place. Jeez. <laughs> it was hurting bad. And so – I got. To, I said, man, let me bag up. So my dad get no deep ball of me. So I bag up probably extra five dollars, like 15, 16 deep. And so I just seen the ball tip. I dove. I said, man, man I'm like getting grabbed it. But I got up. I started running. It's like a exciting moment. Like, oh man, I know I can run this back. And I started running. I cut once. I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gone. I'm out of here. I cut again. I said, oop, slow down. I'll get tackled. <laughs> cool. Man, it was, but that was an exciting moment. I was uh, I was laying on the ground forever. Kenny, Kenny was like, "Get up, get up, get up! We gotta go take the picture." I was just getting ready to say that. How 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 much did you just could not wait to get off the ground to go get your guys' pose? Oh man, it it that felt, the the interception. It felt like I got up like that, but after I fell from the old lineman talking to me, it felt like I was on the ground forever. <laughs> I was like I cannot get up. Like he had literally he pulled me up. He pulled me on the gill, let go. And I was just wobbling down there. I could run in a straight line, but if I try to cut, my knee would pop in and out. Oh, my God. Jesus. But you, you played the next game, right? You played yeah, the next game. I missed two days. Yeah. They said they never seen They said they never seen nobody leg ever do that. Did you get, like, any shots or anything for it, or you just you just tough through no. it? I, uh, I had got a brace for my knee, and then I had got a tape drop underneath my knee. But other than that, shoot, I got I got treatment every day, and you know I eat right, so it's like your body gonna treat you right if you eat right mm. during the season. So, man, they say I supposed to have been out for like a month, month and a half. Really, that drastic? Yeah. Man, that's crazy. It was like partially torn. It went torn all the way, or partially torn. So when you you're going through what everybody goes through right now except for the fact that you have that UDFA title kind of hovering over you a little bit. And I don't think that it's a bad thing at all. In fact, I think it's a good thing for you because anytime you can do that, come on, make plays as a rookie, as an undrafted guy, you're always going to have that, that kind of uh, that gravitas given, not given to you, but it's always going to be there with you. Knowing that you've got a guy in uh, Chris Ballard who likes to not just, 
make the roster better, but continually try to make the roster better every single day. As an undrafted guy, do you feel like that makes you keep that chip on your shoulder in order to continue to be better every single day, fight through anything and everything that you can just to make sure that you are there the following day? Um, no, I just know I know my mentality and how I play. Mm-hmm. Somebody going to want me. Right. Because I, I, don't, I don't play for the money. I just play how I love playing with, with a team. That loves me I love that. in general. So I'm gonna play regardless. I mean the money beneficial later on, but right now everything's taken care of, so I have nothing worried about. I love that. But just imagine so just imagine me coming in as an undrafted free agent, right? And then having a first round guy right here. I think Clayton was like a third round. Mm-hmm. And then having a second, I think TJ Green was, I think he was second rounder. Yep. So it's like first, second, and third rounder right there in front of me. And then somebody from Notre Dame, Farley, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I, oh man, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm going to make this team. So it's like at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I got this. I'm making more plays, you know. Man, that's like, if they cut me, they, they got to be crazy. Right. <laughs> Well, you definitely made the team. Now, what's it like going forward? Then, what is it? Where are you coming into this season now? It's a whole nother draft class. It's a whole nother undrafted group. Um, I mean, you've got to have. I mean, I, I would assume that you have a little bit of that that extra, you know, uh, will to continue to to learn. Obviously, that's anybody in your position, but it has to be both fun, exciting, and almost uh, anxiety bringing you know bring some anxiety to it to know that you've got a whole new group of guys coming in um but like you said your play style is one that fits in my opinion not just uh with the colts but it it fits in in multiple looks for the colts so i think that you've got that going for you obviously you made plays you showed out as a rookie you were a special teams contributor uh you you shined immediately in camp what is what is this second season for you what what is it that you have to prove aside from just every single day going out there and getting better so my coach he uh sat down and told me like last wednesday he like basically you make what you want to make you want to you want to be a bag up you want to be the second string third string or you want to start like he said you make it what you want to make it so i know my mentality I like to know. I feel like if I'm not in, I feel like the games that I didn't play that much, I feel like we lose. Mm. So I feel like I have I have to start. I have to have people look to me to make them plays. That's my mentality at the end of the day. Like, I got to start. I got to play. So... Do you prefer to? I'm I'm curious about your preference on the back end too. Do you prefer to stay single? Do you prefer to be in a, a too high look? Do you prefer to be in the box? What is your preference out there? I want to catch that pick. I'm, I'm taking that away. <laughs> I don't care who's throwing it. I'm getting it. I'm going to get it. That's, but at the end of the day, uh. I mean, it really didn't matter to me. That's I could be. I mean, it didn't really matter as long as I'm on that field. 
Because if the ball gonna be thrown behind me, I'm running. I'm finna go try to go catch him. Who was your yeah your most exciting match? Sorry, Zach. Oh, one more real quick, and then you're off, brother. Uh, who who uh, who who's the the most exciting matchup for you this year coming into the league? Quarterback, uh, receiver, tight end, any of it? The best match. Yeah. Well, the one that took you by like not took you by surprise, but kind of was like, okay, well, I've got to watch this quarterback because he's he's a stud, or I've got to watch his tight end because he's dominant. Or this this wide receiver takes a lot of crossing routes. You know any of those things that you just felt like you had the matchup of your season? Oh man, my uh, my coach stressed about everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody. Like man, DeAndre Hopkins, he stressed about AP. He stressed about everybody, like everybody, like any big names. He stressed about Derrick Henry. We was over there trying to light him up like a firecracker. We, but he stressed about him the most. Like he, it didn't matter who it was. Like at the end of the day, it depends on what team it is. That's the person that they stressed about. Like Tyreek Hill. Nah, that's the one person they really stressed about the whole. Like when when about to practice against them, play against them. I mean, mm-hmm. like special team wise, we was like, okay, we're gonna get keep the ball out of his hands. He's like a threat on special teams. Okay, and then that—that's really on the person. They, what we was talking about, he was like he's out there running Olympic speeds. He's like backyard football, like we hit his little kids, and, and <laughs> <laughs> so they out there running. He ran like a nine something in the one hundred. I was like, okay, dang, he blazing. But at the end of the day, it all depends on who we who we're gonna play. Yeah, but certainly. I, yeah, certainly. Um, you know, the one thing that you brought up this entire podcast is uh, just your mentality, your competitiveness. Uh, you know, the Colts right now currently just have you and Malik Hooker on the roster. That, that's all they have right now at safety. A couple guys who are free agents. Uh, regardless who they bring in, say say it's a big-name guy like a Landon Collins or a first-round guy. Uh, with your mindset, are you still going to be going for that starting spot? Oh, definitely. I don't care who you are. You could be – I want to say Jesus Christ. Jesus or hey. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll be back up, but at the end of the day, they're gonna have to fight me for it. Right. They're gonna have to fight me every day. Every day. And you better not let up because I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. Gotta keep going. Was your pick your most exciting point of the season? What if there was if not, what was your most exciting point in the season? A play or situation or, or anything of that sort? So my most exciting season, I feel like it really it was a pick, but in the day, if my the one game that they really let me start and play the whole game against Tennessee, mm. the first time we played Tennessee, so I played every snap of defense and I played special teams also. So it's like at that moment they knew. I felt in my heart they knew. Okay, we got somebody that can ball that we could that could play. So we're gonna we probably develop him more. So I feel like everybody got room to improve me. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna, we're gonna develop him more. We're gonna see where where we lay where we laid our egg and see what comes out. Yeah, certainly, and I think that's uh that's what we all noticed too over at uh, our site, Stampede Blue. I mean, that was the game where we really are, were all like, okay, this this undrafted free agent has got something here. I mean, Matt, I'm I'm sure you felt the same way. Absolutely, absolutely. We had uh, yeah. we had multiple times where there, you know, we we. Like I said, a lot of things happened with the safety position. Obviously, you know this, George. 
throughout the season. We would go through a little bit of everything, and your name was the one that continued to come up as one that contributes in several different ways, uh, both in coverage and in uh, special teams and just a little bit of everything. Uh, one of my one of my biggest uh, questions is you've got it when you're strapped in and you're looking through and you're reading your key and you're you're sitting back what is that very first snap in the NFL that you took feel like when you are looking across and you see everybody ready to go I mean it has got to be like you're literally about to piss yourself I mean I, I'm so, I mean that honestly right. I mean that honestly the one game that got me I was like wow like before we kicked the ball up it was like wow like I'm looking up. It's like a hundred thousand people in the stands. It feel like it's like all eyes on me. <laughs> was our first playoff game against Houston? Like, cause yeah. every I lit everybody in the stands had a white towel and was spinning it. Everybody, everybody. I was like, oh my god! Like, I'm looking at my teammates. They're looking at me because I'm like, I think I was a four, so I'm looking left, and everybody looking at me. I look right. Everybody look at me, and then my teammates like, let go. And at that moment, it's like, okay, I got, I got to make this play. So it's like my heart, it's like your heart pounding. But then after that first play, it's like, okay, I got it. So that all of that, all that anxiety just leaves your body with that first snap, huh? Gone, gone. It's like, it, so they did a test. You know how some people be like nervous and stuff like that. Like when something like that happens. I be yeah. like all athletes. They be we be excited. Mm. Okay, it's 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 exciting. Like that, it is exciting. Like in college, I was nervous. I I remember one time I just came out from one series. I had to throw up on the sideline because <laughs> my my nerves <laughs> bad. My nerves bad in college. So now it's like it's exciting to me. I can't wait. I can't wait the next time I strap up. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. You somebody think- you think a part of that is just some of the guys you play with too. Like we we've all seen, uh, we've all heard like the sound bites of a guy like Darius Leonard on the field, who's an absolute maniac, you know, going against other teams and also with how he talks when he's on the field. Uh, do you think just playing alongside those teammates just makes it, you know, more comfortable and more exciting to go out there every Sunday? Oh yeah, cause if you mess up, they on your head, boy. <laughs> they on your head. They can, they can, you ain't hear that part. But at the end of the day, when you do something good, uh, regardless if you do something good or you do something bad, they got they got your back. So, I know at the end of the day, whoever on that field, all eleven guys on that field, we got our, we got each other back, and we coming with it every play. I know if somebody getting held up, I'm smoking them. <laughs> I'm smoking them, and I know if somebody come loose, I'm I'm trying to chase them down. I'm full speed. George, we really appreciate your time here. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up with my last question, uh, Zach. If you've got another one, you can hit him after this one. But uh, my last question for you, George, is this is such an interesting and fun defense, especially for Colts fans who have been following it. We've seen things in the past that just were not working. We see a brand new coach, a brand new defensive coordinator, several new position coaches, several new players, massive overturn in the roster here. And this defense, I mean, you guys go, you know, you turn into one of the better run defenses in the league. You're one of the better defenses on the back end in terms of allowing big plays. You guys turn in uh, a linebacking core into a strength that had been a weakness for years. 
how exciting is it to be a part of a defense now feeling and being a legit part of that defense in yourself? How is it turning this defense into what you guys see the future holding? Just say our head coach told us this. You know, our head coach would come in before, um, you know, how the offense defense meet. Mm -hmm. So we come in as a defense. Like our head coach come in, dap up everybody. He tell us who we got to look for and what we got to do to to win this game. Like basically, it's almost the same thing, but like different players. So it's, I don't know, it's like, a family. It's hard to explain. Like, it's one thing that you have to be there and see it to know exactly how it feels. To actually like to be in the room. I'm I'm grateful that I could be in the room with some of my teammates that that's in the room mm -hmm. because one in a billion get to see this. Like, get to get to see actually what I get to see, what I get to experience, and like. All the people next to me that's in the room with me, they sit with me. So it's like we have a bond that that's really, really like it's hard to break that bond. I I call people that's not even on the team no more. Like, hey man, how you doing? Da 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 da. Because hmm. like everybody's so tight, we tight knit it. Like the linebacker core, they go out to eat every Tuesday. Us DB, we go out every every Monday. And like D line go out every probably Tuesday on Monday, so it's like after we build our bonds together, we bring it all together as a brotherhood, and it's like you know brotherhood is hard to stop that. It's like if brotherhood is like grease, it's thicker than blood. Did it feel like that was really natural with your guys's group this year? Because it seemed like it was. Well, at first when I first got there, you know, undrafted, it's like nobody really talked to you and stuff like that. It's like dang. <laughs> Man, and then you know they make comments, they they laughing, they they were playing, joking around, and then I'm uh, almost just out like, man, I don't like these guys, I don't like them. <laughs> and then right, right when we make teams, like it's like, oh dang, they bring you in as a family. It's like, okay, we got you on our wing, tight knitted. Can I break that? It's it's unbelievable, crazy. Zach, have you, got, awesome. have you got anything more, Zach? Yeah, just one last question. Uh, it's hard to top that, obviously, when you're talking about the family and the bond there. Uh, right. My last question, just one thing that I definitely wanted to to find out all year is uh, whose idea was it for the the interception and the fumble uh, celebration you guys have? You know, when you guys run to the camera, you all take your picture. Jacoby Brissett comes from the back and and dives in like he always does. I mean, who, whose idea was it, though, to, to kind of start that celebration that all you uh, defenders do? I'm not sure exactly what I just remember. Our first picture was probably like Kenny. It might have been Kenny. Like he pointed, like he pointed to the cameraman. And like, I don't think I was in. I might have been in. Like all the defense players, all like all the people that was on the field ran to him. But then, like towards, the, towards like progressing on through the season. It's like every time we wait, like we on the sideline, we wait, like everybody on defense waiting because everybody up excited, ready to go, like to get in. As soon as the turnover go, go, let go, let go. <laughs> we we got to celebrate. You got to celebrate. You got to uplift your team because right when you do that, the offense see it. The offense get up like, oh, yeah, let go too. Like 
that boosted everybody up when you had that, that excitement. That and Jacoby, hey, I had to jump in the <laughs> offensive picture one time. <laughs> Man. Love it. I love it that my guy Kenny Moore started. Kenny freaking Moore, always wearing the shirt during the podcast <laughs> recording. So, uh, but yeah, I'm glad it was Kenny that started it. <laughs> George, oh, yeah. man, we can't thank you enough for coming on and being so gracious with your time, my man. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us on the show. Um, we're really excited to see what you've got in your second year in Indianapolis. We're really excited uh, to see what you bring to this defense and what the defense does uh, in general and, and basically anything and everything that this Colts team is doing right now because even as a – uh, a diehard Colts fan. I mean, even some of the 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 fair weather more of the fair weather fans, they're interested in this team because they see everything happening. So, uh, best of luck this upcoming year. We are pulling for you, man, and we are definitely fans uh, of George Odom for sure. So, thank you for coming on the show with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. You know, absolutely. Yeah, really appreciate that. Absolutely, it was a great time. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. Thank, thank you to George Odom for jumping on the show. Zach, always, uh, thanks, my man, for, for riding shotgun with me tonight. And, uh, folks, we're going to talk to you guys later. Make sure you guys are following George uh, and his career because things are looking up. Things are looking good. And uh, this safety group looks to be a very interesting unit uh, heading into 2019. So uh, thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue.